Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100 Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl, and this is the this is the podcast where we talk about the greatest compilation series of all time, 100 Hits compilation. Mm. Joining me this week, a return guest, obviously someone who's never heard me say Gompies before. Please welcome the Xavier Buckley. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. I don't even want to know what a Gompie is. I'd rather just I just want to just throw that into my vocab as well Great. and make that part of what I say. Start Just, calling people Gompies. They love it. I think people love it. She is Gompie. Uh, another classic work by you. You're a real Gompie. You know that? I don't know. You could get in trouble if you're like... Yeah, what, what, you actually, no. Tell me. I, I, I need to... You can use good or bad. You've been absolutely uh, fucking Gompie right now. You know that? It could be some people who are new to the show, who are listening for the first time, don't know why I say what people think could be a slur at the top. Yep. No. Yep. So, I, thought it was, I thought it was. I thought you were just, just letting loose and Josh is finally going calling people Gompies. So there was a, a, I guess you could say, a parody song of the old uh, "Living Next Door to Alice." Remember this mm-hmm. parody song, "Alice, Alice, Who the Fuck Is Alice?" Yeah, yeah. Well, that band who did that were called the Gompies. Oh. And it was from a cafe called Cafe Gompie, where every every Friday night, Saturday night, they'd play that "Living Next Door to Alice," but then they'd turn it down, and the whole the whole crowd in the cafe would shout out, "Alice, Who the Fuck Is Alice?" And that's where that all came from. And, yep. And so we were laughing. I can't remember who the guest was that, but I said, "That's it. My my listeners are now called Gompies, <laughs> and they it. love it, Xavier. They love it." Hey, this one, Xavier, twenty-seven side B. It's the year's nineteen ninety-nine. What was a young Xavier Michaelides doing in ninety-nine? Graduating high school in ninety-nine. I was oh, the year of nice. ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a huge year for me. I was, you know, yeah, finishing off year twelve. I was. That's it, basically. But still huge. Yep. Huge. Did, did you have, like, prom, leavers dinner, like, the ball? Yeah, we had... Um, we, we did have a, a, a ball, and... Um, did, you go with, did you go with a partner, or did you go with just friends? I remember the partner, but I can't remember who it was. I remember the girl. <laughs> we, all, we all split a, um, a, a limo. Oh. I think she was a girl from another school as well. I can't remember now. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure you listen to everything that I do and you're following my career closely and um, I'm just breaking your heart right now. Um, <laughs> but also, remember- your Instagram Bunnings videos going, he took me to the ball. He took me, took to, me the to the ball. ball. This guy right here. Uh, and I could even see back then. I was like, that face needs to be on other bodies. That's what she thought at the time. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also remember we had a re- retreat. We had uh, a retreat. Did you ever do retreat at- in year 12? Year 12 retreat? No. It's like this weird camp. Maybe it's more of a Catholic school thing where they try and like you know just get prepared for life by doing a camp and talking about stuff. But every every other camp went out far, went out down south, up north into the desert. It's interesting stuff. We went locally into the city, ours. So not as exciting. <laughs> just stayed at a monastery in Perth, and it was not fun. It wasn't. We good. did. 
we did a year nine leadership camp. Right. Which was not even a camp because we went out and went back home every night. But it was just a week of school where they called it year nine leadership camp. But at the end of it, because we, we all got put in groups that we didn't normally hang out with. Mm. And at the end, there was going to be like a talent show. We all had to do a skit or mm. something mm. together. Mm. And our group did not work on it until that day we went, oh, we've got to do something. And there was a guy in my group, Nick Muir, who could play guitar really well. And he played the Kleenex uh, jingle on guitar. And so we said, oh, we'll just go out and we'll, we'll sing that. That'll be, that'll be it. Went for 30 seconds. And then other groups had full-on scripts and costume changes. And we're like, oh, we're not winning this. <laughs> but you know what? I reckon some of the teachers are like, thank God there was one that was short. Yeah. You know what? We can't be here all fucking night. We're all going home after this. We're all going back to our houses. Like, oh, oh man. So this is side. Oh wait, no, sorry. I just remembered. Can I quickly do one? Yes. My year and I camp. We had a talent show, and one kid did a did a character. He did a performance of this character called Daddy Filthy, and it was like, say, <laughs> so, yeah, this was you. Don't say it was another. No, kid. no, no, it wasn't. But I can't say who it is because he's he's sort of like slightly famous now. Um, Greg Larson. It's Greg Larson. I know. Well, totally. This is like a, this is a total Greg Larson character. He wore sunglasses. His friend was playing piano. He was like, "Daddy Filthy comes in the night," and he was like playing this like fucking weird horror character called Daddy Filthy. And I still think about the teachers must be going, "Oh my god, what is this? What are we watching?" We had one in year ten. We had a guy at our school called Kevin, and he, you know, bit of a weird kid. Nice, yep. nice kid, but just just a weird kid. And he went in the talent quest. And he was obsessed with Metallica. And yep. so he just went up there and sang a cappella, Enter Sandman. But there's a big long guitar solo in that. And he just counted it in his head. So he finished singing and then we all clapped. He went, no, no, no. And just <laughs> did the Good. guitar solo in his head for like a minute and a half and then came back in. Oh, <laughs> it's man. like, I cannot believe a teacher didn't walk on stage and go, all right, Kevin. Okay, wrap it up, Kevin. That's, wrap it that's up. it. You're done now. That's it. I just... Oh, man, kids are so fucking weird, you know? Like, not to go, I'll cut this bit. No, yeah. no, no, I have to wait for it. That's the song. <laughs> this is kids, in my head. Man. This is in my head. All right, so we're, we're, we've just come off uh, Paul McDermott and Fiona Horn doing their song, Shut Up, Kiss Me. Oh. I had Cameron James. We, we were fascinated by that song, okay? A lot of listeners but were like, hey, is- I love that song. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did too in 99, okay? So no, I'm not throwing shade. But it, it was, was just a funny time in Australian comedy when good news went. Comedy was like, what was Australian comedy in 99? It was Paul McDermott singing very passionate, very serious songs and then glitter cannons. Yes. That was comedy. Like, not really jokes, just sort of like singing and then and then Sandman would show his dick and it was just weird, and you know? I reckon 99 was also the Mick Malloy show. Yes. That lasted four episodes, I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Bob Franklin just going, how delightful. Right. <laughs> Speaking of delightful, let's move on to these songs. Now, we have, on this, on this compilation, we have quite a mix, I'm going to say. Yeah. Quite a mix. Can I We're just say, I'm a, I'm a bit angry when you gave me this one, because this, <laughs> this is absolute turds on this one. Some real turds. It is mostly turds. We will be, I will be positive, listeners. Don't worry about that. Now, we're uh, going to go here. We have a band we talked about two weeks ago with Kwan Yeomans. This is their follow-up single... To their number one song, mm. this is Lighthouse Family and their song Rain Cloud. Uh. There ain't no point holding back the time. 
Oh, it starts sounded like Lovers in the Air. It does a bit. I mean, it, it, look, he's a talented singer. Yeah. But it's just so boring. Does it kick off at all? Here we go. Come on. It's your follow-up to a big hit. Don't hold back. It's just... But that's a minute 20 into the song. And it is enough. I don't know any more than that. Good God. What a tepid song. What it's a, so what crazy. A, what a... What a, what a cool cup of tea that was yeah so like, last time we played high that was their first single in this country but in the uk they switched it around so this was the one they said we're gonna lead off our new album postcards from heaven with this song with this rain, with cloud. rain cloud yeah <sighs> and then in australia because high went crazy they went all right now let's release rain cloud there yep. and in australia it got to 29 in the uk rain cloud got to six so even without high off the back of it people were still Loving this type of stuff. Well, I guess there's people out there like this sort of thing, but it is really not for me, honestly. That was just. Did you, Josh? I know you're a big fan of Rain Cloud. It's <laughs> you. You prefer this to High, don't you? No, <laughs> I know I can be contrary sometimes, but I'm not that contrary. <laughs> this is my thing with this band. So Lighthouse Family, Roachford, M People, and in Australia, bands like the Black Sorrows. Mm. Just these bands who I'm sure, very very good musicians. Yes, I'm sure. Great, lovely, compassionate people. Yeah. Just, there's no infighting with the band, I'm sure. And if they do, it's not public. I'm sure they, let's go, all right, let's go and have a drink and we'll actually discuss this, like, adults. They're professional musicians. Yeah. Also a bit boring. Just boring. Just so boring. They wouldn't, like, trash a hotel room. They would actually stick around and help clean clean the place up. They clean other people's rooms. Yeah. Do you want help today? I'll help you out. We've got nothing else to do. The show's not till tonight. Housekeeping Just. knocks on the door and they're like, oh, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. No, no, no. We'll clean ourselves. I like to make my own bed anyway. I enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. They enjoy yeah. housework and they enjoy making very boring music. There's just nothing exciting about it. Like it just doesn't, the chorus lifts and then it just goes back down again. Like the chorus must be like a step above. So yeah. you're like, yeah, now we're in the chorus time. It felt like we went down. We went from the verse, the chorus, like, oh, they look, like, guys, chill out. Let's not get them too excited. It's the chorus. Well, this is, it, I, I'm going to go through each song and I'll say where, you, where you'd hear this song. Where are you here in this one? Uh, I'm at H&M and I'm trying on some so- I'm trying on some clothes. This song starts playing. I look at myself in the mirror and I feel this huge wave of depression just hit me. And I'm like, am I too old to be client buying clothes from here? What am I doing? Am I supposed to go to Country Road now? What the fuck's happened to my life? Oh, country Road. One. Country Road do some nice soft cardigans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this was written by uh, the band plus Martin Brammer, who also uh, wrote, uh, co-wrote their song Lifted. Yep. Uh, he's written a bunch of other songs for other artists. He wrote for Tina Turner. He wrote for Ollie Murs, Mark Owen from Take That. He wrote mm. for Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. Mm. All in all, songs that he's co-written have sold over 20 million copies wow. in the world. So he, he's doing fine. So this yeah. album, though, was huge. It went platinum in Australia, in Germany, in New Zealand and Switzerland. It went two times platinum in Spain, four times in the UK, but also 
huge in the Philippines. Really? Huge. Where it sold over 200,000 copies. Now, this is what shocked me. Xavier, yeah. how many people th- do you think live in the Philippines? Oh, I wouldn't know. I mean, it's, it's a sizable population. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was... I thought, oh, it's probably... I'm going to say it's bigger than Australia, but I'd say like double. I'd say like 50 million. Yes. 120 million people in the Philippines. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Nothing to do with the music, but just the fact that I went, wow, that's... I, I would have I'm underestimated. Already, I, I only started getting into world populations, uh, uh, <laughs> the country populations during COVID. I started looking them up because I'm like going, the numbers are this, but what does it mean in terms yep. of population? And I had no idea. I had no idea. It's, I feel sad saying this uh, in public, but I had no idea how big in, Indonesian population was. It's like fifth biggest, like huge. I was like, yep. what are we doing? Why, why, are we, why, why aren't we just like all trying to just like buddy up to Indonesia? That should be our whole thing now, Australia. This is now we're way off. Look, yeah. <laughs> if you have this album in your car, I do not trust you. Who listens to this music? Come on. What's wrong with you? Lighthouse uh, Family. What a weird name. Lighthouse Family. I, I, me and Quan talked about this. We think it's a little bit religious. Yeah. Okay. Now it makes sense. I'll yeah. back off. Yeah. I'll leave him alone. All right. Moving on. Okay. First appearance on the podcast in quite some time for this band. First mm. time with the name change as well. We yeah. knew them. As the bad boys of boy bands, yeah. E17. Yeah. Now a bit of a rebrand. Yeah. Here is E17 and their song, Each Time. Come, uh, come on, where's House of Love? Come on. Come on. Each time. Yes. Real fuckboy music, isn't it? Ugh, <laughs> oh, gross. Get on with it as well. They just keep. It should have hit in then. It feels like that was the point. This preamble is disgusting. And the the kings of that that nasal voice. Yeah. Like when you're making fun of boy bands, you sing like this. This is the they singing. They used to voice be like this, though, No. Look, when we get like. I liked E17. I thought they were cool when I was a little yeah. kid. Now, isn't it funny the name change as well? Yeah. Like, wait, let's keep listening. Sorry. Here's the chorus. What have they done for themselves? My poor boys. Ugh. All right, that's all we need to know. That's all we need to listen to. That's so the each na- time. The E-17. name change is so funny because E-17. it still sounds like you're saying E17, but you're just saying yep. it quickly, E17. Well, I just did then. I, I went back to it un- like by mistake. Yeah. All right. Doesn't so matter. we talked about him. We talked about him with Will Anderson, but to recap, it's been, it's been quite, a, quite a while. Mm. So in January 1997, Brian Harvey, the popular member of the band, was engulfed in a drug-related controversy where he claimed that he had taken ecstasy pills on a night out and he said in the press, yeah, it's cool to take drugs. Uh-oh. And said, ecstasy can make you a better person. This blew up in 97. Uh, intense media scrutiny. Even it was being raised in the House of Commons about how like pop stars are talking about drugs and we need to do something about the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian Harvey kicked out of the band. Oh, no. Then their main songwriter, Tony Mortimer, decided he, he was going to leave months later due to created differences between himself and the rest of the group. Yeah. So... At this stage, E17 are 
Terry Coldwell, John Handy, and when old uh, Mortimer's out of the band, come back, Brian. All is forgiven. Oh. Right? You, you went and had your peels. Come back. So the main songwriter's out, which is he was the one who got the initial record deal in the first place as well. Right. So now it's the three guys who don't who don't write music. Yep. Yep. And and so, it, can, it shows they don't they have no idea what they're doing. No. Well, in this stage, like they were the boy bands. It was like them and Take That and uh, Ronan Keaton's Mob as well. Mm-hmm. But then now the Americans are doing boy bands. Mm. Now you've got Backstreet Boys. You've got mm. NSYNC. You got like as yet you've got all these like these band, type of bands in mm. who kind of do it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, and so obviously these now are going into all right. We've got to match that, which I think is why they've left. They've left their kind of all right, governor. I'm going to fucking shiv you to now. Yeah, yeah each time. Come on, girl. Yeah, each yeah, totally. time. Yeah, they're just trying to do like a real like. Oh, we're just we we know how to fuck. We're really good in bed. We know sex. We're good sex boys. Come yeah. on, let's have sex. I really want to have. Sex. That's all it is. It's like when before it was like. I'm ready to take some ecstasy and yes. I wear a big beanie on my head and <laughs> I'm dancing on a tr- on a fucking pyramid. I don't know what yeah. I like. I might have sex. I don't know. It's not the it's not the focus. You know? So this song was their first E7 E17 single. It got to number 2 in the UK. It was their last top 10 hit. Mm. It got to 23 in New Zealand, but here in Australia we could not give a shit. Okay? <laughs> it peaked at 83. Didn't even get played on Rage on Saturday morning. Ugh. We only played the top 50. We right. didn't care, even with 100% hits backing it as well. Oh, man. It's they just, yeah. Where's this getting played? Well, this is, uh, I, I sing this at a karaoke night but because I'm looking through the book and I look at the E17 section and I'm very excited to sing Everything's Gonna Be Alright. It's one of my favourite songs to sing. I'm not going to blow the house off. And then I've got this and I'm like, oh, I guess it'll still work. It's, I think I remember this song. It's a C17 song. I start singing it. People start booing me. And I ruin yeah. the night because I'm so fucking pissy about it. I'm like, this fucking song. I hate it so much. Why'd I sing it? <laughs> Dumb. That's great. All right. Moving on. Speaking of karaoke, this one feels a little bit like a karaoke song. <laughs> this is Marsha Hines. And for some reason, in 1999, doing the Flashdance song, What a Feeling. Here we go. Oh. That's what I heard that scratchy percussion thing use. You really hear that one? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Someone drove past in a car? Someone's screaming from a bus outside the recording studio? Didn't have time to come in? Oh, why even bother, you know? What have you done? Alright, Marsha, calm down. Just calm down. Like, it's such an uplifting song. And she's changed the vibe completely. To like, you know... Instead of like, I'm getting you excited to live life. I'm just trying to calm you down at an office party or something. I think you've had a few too many... It's that vibe. Oh. You know what I just thought of? Yes. Do you, remember, do, you remember, do you remember in, um, oh, 
Have you seen the Pointer Brothers sketch? The Pointer Brothers sketch. You know, I think you should leave with. Um, yes. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson had his own uh, another little episode of the characters. His Netflix characters. Oh thing. yes. The Pointer Brothers. I swear to God, this is the song they're pointing to. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God, it is that. They're doing the Pointer Brothers thing. <laughs> We're going to point you out. Now, when do you get your point? Sit down or put your hand up. Fuck, that's what this song is. It's like fucking a corporate event fucking song. All right, so uh, Marsh Hines, she's been on the podcast before. We've talked about it before, I should say. Uh, okay. We've talked about her daughter a lot more, Denny. She's been on a lot. Uh, so Love just Denny. to recap. Big Denny fan. Denny's recap. Uh, Marsha Hines discovered by Harry M. Miller at age 16. He went to America to audition singers for a production of Hair. Because mm-hmm. she was underage, he was made her legal guardian so she could come to Australia to perform. While she was here, in the first year of doing the show, she got pregnant. So great job being the guardian there, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you've really done some stellar work. He had yeah. one job. One with job. Thumb. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so Denny was born. Marsha Hines only took nine days off the production of Hair. Really? After she gave birth, nine. Da- that's that that's is not good. Not, no, that once again has this guy gone to jail? Like, that's surely that's illegal. Like he was a legal guardian. She got pregnant and then went straight back to work after nine days. Yeah. No wonder this song is just so low energy. She's exhausted. <laughs> She's still exhausted from that. She's like, what a feeling. Uh, just... A few years later, she was Mary Magdalene in Jesus Christ Superstar, which. Uh, that, and then that finished in about 1974 and then 84. She was like a beloved singer, like one queen of pop, appeared on Countdown, just one of those Australian mm. singers who was just always around. And mm. you know, what are their songs? You know, I don't know. Mm. Like, there's so many of those type of guys out there going, what do they sing? Oh, they've got one song I, I know. Anyway. Yeah. Then she had a decade long break from releasing new music because she discovered she had diabetes. And oh. she was dealing with diabetes. And this is like mid-80s to mid-90s. So I know now diabetes, you can, your life doesn't really change that much. You've just got to make sure you've got the insulin. Yes, yeah, so you I'm can sure manage it. Yeah, but maybe yeah. back in the 80s, it was a yeah. different thing. Yeah. And with her, I'm going to say, very tough work schedule that she was doing if she was going back to work nine days after, like, yeah, I'm sure she needed to take a break. Totally. All right. So Denny becomes uh, quite a success as the vocalist for the Rockmelons. And members of the Rockmelons produced this track, which is from her uh-huh. album Time of Our Lives. So maybe it was like, hey, mum wants to get back in. All right, get, I'll help introduce your mum. Here's the Rockmelons. Yeah, we'll make a track with them. What do you want to do? What a feeling. I was listening to that song in the 80s. Like, yes. So yeah. the Irene Cara song from the movie Flashdance. I've never seen Flashdance. So but I, I know from watching thousands of parodies that this is from the audition scene. Yep. Yep. All right. Here is some facts about that song because this is wild. Okay, so the, the music for the Iron Cara song was written by Giorgio Moroder. Oh, cool. Like, yep. a man they described as the godfather of disco, which does seem a little bit racist just because he's Italian to call him the godfather of something. Like, yeah, totally. Come yeah. on, guys. Calm down. Lyrics were written by Irene and a guy called Keith Forsey. And after they were shown the last scene, they said, all right, this is the last scene. And then they went, all right, we'll write a song using that. And so that, that's how they did it. So the original song was number one for six weeks in the US and in 14 other countries it went to number one, Australia being one of them. But something was fishy because Irene was not 
seen the success translate to her bank account. And in the contract, it stated that she was due songwriting royalties. So after a year of collecting awards for the song and seeing how big it was, like 14 countries that went to number one, in mm. America number one for six, she had received $183. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. From how can there so many stories like this? It's so unbelievable that there's always someone going, they won't notice. Like, it's like, as if they won't notice. I know. 180. So she demanded an explanation, and they tried to fob her off with gifts and promises, going, oh, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. Another 18 months after that, uh, she'd been given $61,343, which is mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. but it's not what she was, uh, like what mm. she was due. Mm. Like, there was so much more out there. So she filed a lawsuit seeking $10 million in punitive damages and $2 million in compensatory damages, claiming, among other things, that Al Curry Incorporated withheld the money and then went around telling people that, oh, she's so hard to work with. She's a real diva. Jesus. So there's a smear campaign about her, even saying that, yeah, she's addicted to drugs um, and no other labels wanted to work with her. It wasn't until 1993 that she got awarded $1.5 million in damages, but by then the record label, because she was suing the record label, they declared bankruptcy, so therefore they didn't have to pay. That is the word. I hate that. It's yeah. a horrible story. Yeah, but she did start earning royalties from that moment. Unfortunately, it wouldn't have been much from this song because it only got to 66 here in Australia. <laughs> so that whole thing was you leading up to just sinking the boot into Marsha Hines' cover of this song. Oh, Josh. <laughs> you made no money from that because this thing did dismally. I'm what sorry, a, Marsha. I'm what sorry. What a bad story. I'm sorry, Irene. I mean, to be fair, it's a terrible version. I don't know why you would bother doing a cover like this. Sorry, Marsha. I know you're listening. I know you've been following my career since you you were my date to the ball in 1999. (laughs) And, yeah, this is just... What what is... what's I don't know. How is this on the album? I mean, I never remembered this. Like, it's not 100% hits. 100% shit's more like. And this Um, is the second side. So this is is song 13. Song 13. Kind of hidden. This, for me, I reckon this is like a call waiting song. Yeah? Like, you're waiting yeah. to get a... I'm waiting to get my modem delivered. And I'm standing over the old modem because I'm not committing to sitting down yet because I've got this, like... I feel like, oh, this will only take a few minutes. I'm still committed yeah. to this. It's like a few minutes. It's not going to take ages. And then after this song finishes, like, fucking going to be here forever. I'm here for fucking <laughs> ever. Oh, my God. And All then right. as soon as I finish listening to that song, I hang up and I finish, I go to listen to the original because now it's <laughs> in my head. I'm like, I want to hear the fucking original to erase the memory of what just happened. Moving on. A man whose real name is Anthony Kavanagh. He went by one name, though. Kavanagh. And this is Funky Love. With the party beginning. Is this... No, it's not the same song. It's just the the same same song. song. It feels like the same song. Just the worst song to 1999. There was so much going on in music. Kavanaugh was doing this. Yeah. Mm. At least it starts quicker. Yeah. Yeah. You know how much I like it. Do you feel I wish you liked it. 
She doesn't. Now, Josh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> Their love stinks? Yeah, it's like, won't they have a shower, they don't give a shit, and they're just fucking going for it. And every time the housemate comes back, it's like, oh, it's just open some windows, seriously. It smells like real stinky sex in here, it's disgusting. It what you like, want to do, what you want to do, go have a shower. Have a shower. Just, yeah. I've been playing hockey all morning, can't wait to have sex. You haven't had a shower for days. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> just rub the key areas. Not and just let's washing go to it in town. the sink. Okay, do more than just washing it in the sink. Yeah, don't, don't put your have dick a in the sink. You've got to wash everything, not just your dick, the balls as well, please. <laughs> Funky love, like Kavanaugh. Uh, anyway, Kavanaugh. I, I never I have no memory of this song. I, don't, I have yeah, very yeah. memory of lots of these songs. I don't remember Rain Cloud, or I, I sort of roughly remember each time. But yeah. Funky Love by Kavanaugh. Has Kavanaugh I, done anything else? Well, here we go. So, in 1997, this is his second album. 1997, he was a bit of a pin-up in the UK. He won the Smash Hits Best Male Artist in 97. Okay. Uh, but then, then 99, that was the beginning of the end. So, he moved to LA and started working over there as an actor. Mm. And he got gigs in commercials. And he then was in an MTV series called Undressed, which was about young people navigating dating in America. Uh, Adam Brody, who played Seth on the OC, he was in the third season. Great. He says he's in it, and then I looked at the IMDb for that show, and he's not listed in it. So, on his website it says he is, but anyway, maybe background. We all do that. We all do that. Come on. I I, I was a featured extra in Tangled, and I put that on my CV for ages, but... Sorry, no, not a featured extra, just an extra. I was entangled. I was not entangled. (laughs) I was not entangled. So, in 2006, he moved back to the UK, because he got a role in Hollyoaks, so the the long-running soap. Yeah. And also got... A job being a backing singer on the Jules Holland band. So, you know, Jules Holland, who does yeah. his show where he's like, all right, now we've got this band coming in. So he was one of the backing singers on that show. In 2007, he appeared in the reality show Grease is the Word, a show all about casting the UK version of Grease. And Kavanaugh was the runner up. So, really, he was the winner because he didn't have to perform Grease every night. Uh, <laughs> still had to go on TV. Then in 2008, he was in a stage show called The Extra Factor, a not-so-subtle show based on the behind-the-scenes of The X Factor. Yeah, right. Sounds like he just kept doing things which were like, you've done that, you don't have to do that again. Yep, well, if you've t- already had a music career and you moved to the LA, don't go back down to be a backup singer or on like a reality show to be in Greece. Like, yeah. Well, even more, in 2011, he was in a stage show called G-Mania, which was inspired by the TV show Glee. What? So, I don't know why we didn't come up with any original ideas. <laughs> All these jukebox musicals, like, just have one original idea, guys. Come on. Um, Jesus then, Christ. in 2013, he was a contestant in The Voice, but didn't get past the audition stages, so no one turned their chairs around for him. Oh, God. But this... don't worry. Don't worry, Xavier. Please. Because two th- in two years' time, in 2015, it was his year. Because he was cast in Celebrity Big Brother in the UK, where he came seventh. Fucking hell, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, just back yourself. Jesus Christ. Also, Celebrity Big Brother, we've got a guy who two years ago didn't get through the auditions of The Voice. And that's a celebrity? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. I'm sure he's a nice guy. No, I'm sure he's great. I want all the best for him. I want him to succeed. Yeah. I just want him to back himself, Kavanaugh. 
God. Where are we listening to this, Xavier? Uh, you're in a waiting room with a GP, uh, and I'm reading a pamphlet about rashes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin, I put the least effort into yours as well. Even I've done it. Even I've underestimated Kavanaugh. Everyone else, I put a little more detail. I just quickly wrote that one. I'm like, I don't give a shit about funky love. All right, well, here's a song I reckon you would know. Yeah. Uh, this is first time to the podcast. Back then, she was just known as one name. We now know her as two. Mm-hmm. This is Billy Piper yeah. and her song from the album Honey to the Bee. This is Girlfriend. And we're in. See, that's how you start a song. That's it. You show sure us a bit of a preamble. We've got some sort of like hook already. I saw you jump up. You and your friends, baby. Then I heard you say the playing the jam. Jam. Playing your jam. So whipping your hand, pumps that side, sugar. Here you're claiming you're a certified man. I know it must sound strange, but I pictured it so alone. And you're kissing me in a way that can tell. If my thoughts of you are true. Real, um, like you're being teased. Sounds like a, some sort of song children would use to take. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> like it feels like a like a taunt. This yeah. song in the chorus has a taunting vibe. <laughs> that I think because she's also a teenager as well. Sure. So maybe, that, how old was she at the time? She was doing? 15 when she when this was released. That's so crazy. Imagine being 15 and like yeah. making music and releasing an album and God damn it. That's she was the so youngest weird. ever female to have a number one song in the UK. So this is the follow-up to that. So the, the first song was Because We Want To. I remember that. This, all, this also went to number one in the UK. And because I Want To have the same sort of vibe. Because We Want yeah. To, it feels like just children sort of chanting on a bus. I'm yeah. at the front going, oh, I'm scared of these children at the, the, the back. They're taunting us. You know? Yeah, well, they had that. It was the height of girl power and we can do it. And so we yeah. had the Spice Girls. We had Shampoo before that. That's right, shampoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, in Australia, this was got to number 35. In New Zealand, it got to number two. So New Zealand were on, on the ball there. I loved it. Her real name, Leanne, that was her name at birth, but something must have happened because at age one, her parents legally changed it to Billy. Yeah. Huh. I age, think you can like, tell. By one, you actually start to get, you know what, she's not a Leanne, she's a Billy. Yeah. She's got a real Billy vibe about her. You can't tell what an infant's going to be like, but at one, I think you can sort of assume... This is a Billy, I guess. She's not a Leanne. No. Um, she was a child actor. She was in uh, some US soft drink commercials, and she was an extra in Madonna's Evita film. Huh. Or I should say Evita starring Madonna, not her film. No, no, uh, Madonna was the first. She created yeah, Evita. She, yeah. she actually, yeah, it's based off Madonna's ideas, not a real yep. person. Well, in at age 15, uh, when she, this came out, she was huge in Smash Hits magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. Of course, it was a teenager f- selling magazines for a, t- for a teen audience. Great. Yeah. Uh, and in 1997, uh, she got the best pop release, uh, although lost to Bewitched. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But she won two awards the following year. But the following year at the Smash Hit Awards, she was booed by a member of, of fans of the band Five because she was dating a member of the band, Richie, and the fans didn't like that she was dating him. That's, I love that. That's great. They're just like, no, no, no. We want to be able to still imagine dating him. And you're actually yeah. doing it. We hate you. 
Yeah. Oh. And that, that, that made her cry. She cried publicly because oh. she was being booed, which is, you know, she's a, at she, this stage a 16-year-old girl. She was like, a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, where was her guardian at this time? You know, where was Marsha Hines' guardian? Could have helped her um, out at that point. Not that she needs to do a nostalgia tour because she's now a very, very respected actor. She was in Doctor Who, mm. uh, Diary of a Call Girl. She's now in a new show called I Hate Susie, which uh, she earned a BAFTA nomination uh, for Best Actor this year. Uh, but she also hated singing live. Oh. She said no amount of money in the world could get her to go back live on stage and sing. She said she'd, she'd love to do a film musical. Has no idea, no, no problem singing in the studio. She goes, but I'd get live and I'd just get nervous and just not be able to hit the notes. I hated it. I totally, I think it's it's unfair that actually there is a thing where it's a precedent. It's like if you're a singer, you have to sing live. It's a completely yeah. different thing. It's like I have friends who are comics who get so nervous they still vomit before the show. Like they just get so. I'm like, you know, you, you, other ways you can go about this. You could just be a TV comedian. You could just sort of do you know writing and sketches and stuff. It's like yeah. yeah. I totally like that. Yeah, it's unfair that's a precedent. It's like, no, we want to see you live. It's a stressful, a stressful thing. All right, we're going to move on to another song. Oh, no, right sorry, sorry, there. quickly. Oh, this where is, are we hearing this? This is played during the transition scene in a movie, like someone's moved state and you're getting like quick shots of San Francisco. For a couple of seconds they play this song and then it's done. That's yeah. what you get. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A song I'd never heard of. I must say, I quite like this one. What? I don't mind this one. This is Donna Lewis, who had a, had a song, I Love You Always Forever. You'd know that song. Yeah. She's Welsh. This is her song, I Could Be The One. Here we go. I could be a sea of sand I could be a womb without desire I could be a prayer of hope I could be a gift of every day I could be a tide of heaven I, I like it started really quick. Yeah. We got right Straight into it in. that time. This feels very Josh. I get why you like it. I'm going to imagine this song playing every time I see you walking around now. This is the soundtrack to your life. (laughs) A breath of life. I guess, well, she's European. So she could be a European dream. See that the chorus goes up. Yeah. Unless is this the bridge or is this the chorus? No, this is the chorus. We're in it. It has a little bit of Cindy Lauper to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's way better than the other ones. 
which has just oh, been yeah. really we'll stop it there. really gross R and B sort of like, but not good R and B, like really horrible yeah. R and B. At least this one has some sort of like in, something interesting. Yeah. Look, so I love you always forever was a very big song. Almost got to number one in America. Mm. If it wasn't for that pesky Macarena. God damn you, Macarena. There was which two of them. Off- How could you compete? There were two different Macarenas floating around at the same time. You couldn't fucking fight them. Which kept it off the top spot for nine weeks in a row. So this was number two for nine weeks in a row. Oh, my it's God. It's the longest in the Billboard charts that the same two songs have retained those two positions. Wow. Yeah. Donna. So this is from her follow-up album called Blue Planet. Now, I never heard it. Uh, several music writers predicted that this song would become a major hit, but it failed to make an impact. Got to number 99 in the UK and didn't chart at all in the US. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, according to her Wikipedia, the record label tried to lie about her age. And she said that the record label said she was born in 73. Uh, and then when she was asked about, oh, how old are you? She wouldn't say. And then someone, because when you sign a publishing rights, you must have to sign like yeah. deeds and date of birth and all that kind of stuff. So they dug around. She was actually born in 1959. Right. So, in 99, when this came out, she would have been 40. Yuck. Yuck. Gross. 40-year-old woman. 40. How dare oh. you sing? You're not allowed to sing anymore. You're 40. That's so funny. They didn't want to know that she was 40. Yeah. As if anyone fucking cares. I only care once you start lying about it. Everyone's like, oh, wait, how old are you? Like, yeah. no one would have cared. That's so funny. So they tried to make it out that she was 26. 26. Good God. You can yeah. tell from the album cover, though, because she's like, like misty and like blue lighting and stuff. They're really just trying to just, just not... Let her know yeah. that that she's forty. She says she don't be up. To, she should be singing about forty things. Not I could be the one. Yeah, should be other stuff like uh, I don't know. I why could be f- the one to pick up the kids. Pick yeah. up the kids. I don't know why this small section of my back keeps hurting. It's one specific <laughs> spot. Why is there an itch on my foot but no signs of itching? What is does this that an mean? age mark on my forehead, or do I have to go get it checked out? Go get checked know. out. I don't want to the, the other day. I don't want to go to the GP. I had to go get my skin checked because I've got this little thing on my forehead, which is like a little, like, mm. it's like a, not a mole, but it's like, it's just a raised bit. I'm like, oh, and then I went there and he said, oh, it's just an age spot. And I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm Peter Pan. I'm not meant to age. <laughs> I don't have these. I can't have that. Uh, yeah. Hey, I don't think Donna's going to appear on the podcast again because she left the label after this record, uh, went on to release music on indie labels. Her next album was an acoustic album called Be Still, but the one after that was called... In the pink. Oh, good. Grow up. Grow, grow up, Donna. <laughs> Donna. Jesus Christ. Don't go blue. Yeah. God. Woman, woman of your age, have more respect. How dare you? This song would be used in a TV commercial for the DVD box set of the Gilmore Girls. Enjoy Perfect. all the great moments of the Gilmore Girls, the ups and the downs. And then we'd play Perfect. that song. Hey, we've got another, another UK boy band now. Oh, oh, this God. is Ultimate Chaos. Created by Simon Cowell, this is Anything You Want. Same song again. What? What? What is going on? It's a little bit better. That sort of air. Yeah. But it's not 99. This feels like it's way earlier. What other song does this sound like? Mm-hmm. 
lines like, My name is Josh and I'm here to Play say... a party all night yeah. and I fuck all day. It really was that time of music where they were just putting all these bands together and hoping that one of them will just stick. Yeah. Like, just that, that just thing of throw enough shit at the wall, something's something going to stick. Something will work out. Uh, these are all people who are talking about how much they want to have sex. And the funny thing is these guys sound like their love would be a lot more funky. Like these guys sound like they don't wash at all and it would be much more stinkier sex. Well, the, well these were real teenagers as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you can tell. You can yeah. tell. They Gross. were on top of the pops in 1995, and the average age of the band was only 14. What? So by 99, they were 18. Oh my God. Yep. Um, so this song, so we talked about their song, another song of theirs called Casanova. Mm-hmm. That got to 18 in Australia. This got to 20, and I have no memory of... No, no, I've never heard this song before in my Ultimate life. Chaos. Like, I, I, it, it sounds like other songs. It sounds like other music to me, but yeah. it, it just has a very familiar sound. It's just very yeah. derivative. Well, yeah. there were no more releases for the band after this. Oh. Like, they stayed together for a bit, but that was it. And then What were they doing? If they weren't releasing music, because they were staying together, just sort of touring uh, and... Yeah, just doing those shows. But then in 99, they split up. I reckon um, that final show at a small regional mall somewhere, and they're like, oh, yeah. fuck this, I can't be bothered anymore. Well, I reckon it would have got... They were 18 going, oh, this is... What are we going to do? Because this didn't chart in the UK. Yeah. UK didn't care about them. Yeah. They're going, should we just go on to uni? Yeah. Do our... O levels. Do you O levels? I do my O levels. What are you thinking? Yeah, I might do my O levels as well. It's time for O levels, everyone. <laughs> Where you listen to this, Saviour? Um, you go back to someone's house, they've made you a drink, they put this song on, and there's a strong smell of piss in the room. You've realised you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is a, now. Now we're getting into some good songs. Fuck yes, thank God. This God, it one. took a long time. Back to Australia. Yep. Have we been to Australia yet on this this side? I don't think we have, actually. No. Let's go through it. Oh, no, Marsha Hines. Marsha Hines, yes. Of yeah. course. Okay, sorry. All right, but now we are back to Australia. This is Josh Abrahams and Amiel Damien with Totally Addicted to Bass. Fuck, we're just yes. called Addicted to Bass. Addicted to Bass. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Fuck it, this is, this is so good. Start slow. Actually, quite a long intro. Maybe it loses a few points for that. Get on with it. Get to the base. Hands up against the window pane. I'm shaking with the heat of my need again. Starts in my feet, reverbs up to my brain. There's nothing I can do to revert the gain. I'm looking down to the street below. She's really describing addiction there, isn't she? She's yeah. really addicted to it. Not in a little way. Know what I know. They too hunger for the beast below. Listen to the radio. I feel so out of place. Man, that's so good. Fuck, that is the best. Do you reckon they created that bit first, or like, let's build a whole song around that one noise? Yeah. They've got that that sound. I mean, 
Since this song came out, I used to make the sound my noise all the time walking around. I'd just be going, because I was cool. Whoa, I was a cool whoa. dude. Oh, man, what a banger. Did you like this song at the time? I, yeah, I did like this song at the time. Yeah. It, it was a weird time for music in 99 because I've, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but like mm. guitar music wasn't really that good. Mm, mm. And the, the more exciting stuff was the mm. dance music. So yeah. Chemical Brothers, Basement Jacks. Yeah, even Moby was like, "Oh, this is yeah. interesting." I mean, this is yeah. this is more of the sort of like you know, like sound system and cars, bit more angrier sort of dance music side of it. Like, but I still yeah. loved this song so much. Like, I was like into drum and bass at the time, and this was like a a, a commercial song that was doing those sort of noises. Like, yeah. the, even like some of the samples, the do do do, that's like a groove writer song. Uses that same thing. Like that was sort of like using different sound effects. It was like. Like they were going, yeah, drum and bass fans, we know. We know what you like. We're going to put that in the music. So this, this like, hits real, you know, buttons for me, this song. And it's amazing right. we went through so many shitty songs to get to this one. God, I made it worth and, it. But d- doesn't it make you feel like, oh, these guys were, knew what was going to happen in the future? Yes. All this kind of stuff was where, where music, pop music was going. 100%. Everyone else in this has been looking backwards and doing something from, like, 10 years ago and sort of going, let's just recreate this. These guys are like, no, this is what's going to be happening next. Yep. Also, side note, in the film clip... Yes. No, there's two film clips. One where she's just singing in a car and they're, and they're making the sound system. And yep. there's another one with the car chasing. Yeah. My friend Jason Geary is one of the actors in the car. He's one of the police guys. The two guys at the beginning who are, are bumbling idiots. He was one of yep. those guys. Jason Geary, good friend of mine. He's a comedian, improviser, writer. Yeah. Very good. So there was two lives for this song as well. Not just two film clips. So... Uh, this got to 15 on the Ara charts, 27 New Zealand, but then a 2002 remix by the band. Uh, by the, uh, the remix was by Apollo 440. We, we, I talked about with um, Ben Russell on Pod Machine, so if you haven't heard it, go become a Patreon subscriber. Mm-hmm. Here, me and Ben talk about Apollo 440. That got to number two in the UK and number one on the US dance charts. Great. Uh, it got to 16 on the Hotspur 100 that year and was nominated for APRA Song of the Year but lost to Bachelor Girls Buses and Trains. Fair enough. Now, when they hit big in the UK, they changed their name to Pure Tone. Ah. Because Josh Abraham, not Abrahams who wrote this song, but Josh Abraham was a producer who worked with Limp Bizkit and Stained, and they wanted to distance themselves from that style of music. Gotcha. Right. They didn't want people to think, oh, it's the guy from who worked on Limp Bizkit's album no one was doing that. this song. Yeah. No one knows. Maybe yeah, they did. So, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, got to number two. Uh, and... I always struggle with this person's name. So number one was more than a woman with is it Alia? Alia? How do you say her name? I say Alia. Alia, there you go. Someone wrote to me saying, Hey, you're butchering her name. You've got to learn to say it. And I did have a note here saying, Look up YouTube and how to pronounce her name and I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I might um, get it wrong. So Armia was a uh child actor as well. She was in The Silver Brumby with Russell Crowe. She was in that film. <laughs> nice. She was also in a, an episode of Raw FM. Do you remember Raw FM? Oh, yeah. I love Raw FM. Yeah. It was meant to be like this kind of grittier Heartbreak High. Yes. Yes. And I think it only did one season. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember from that the first episode, the main guy, the older one who was kind of running the radio station, yeah. had a hangover and he dropped two Barocas into two glasses of water. And I was like, wow, that guy must be real hungover. <laughs> he needs two Barocas. What a bad boy. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, so they met when she was only 15. She was hired by Josh to come in and sing backing vocals on a song that he was producing. And instead of just singing the song, she actually included her own harmonies and wrote different melodies. Did it in two takes. And he was like, this is, this woman's amazing. Let's work together. So, yeah. Amazing. That's but how they there, met. There is a theme, though, this this episode. What is this, like, 50, why can't these like music producers and people find people who are over 18? It's always like a 15-year-old. How, how, what, what's going on here? Like... This I is, don't know. It yeah. is this whole thing. So even in the first half, we had people who were child child uh, singers as well. We had like uh, Jennifer Page, I think it was a child. Brandy. Big Brandy, child. yeah. Uh, Janet Jackson was famous when she was a teenager. But at least she had the family prior to that. It's like, well, let's see if the other siblings are, are singers as well. But it's yeah. like, it's just like, how do you, you're making a song with bruh, 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 and then you're finding 15-year-old kids to sing over the top of it? I don't know. Look, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just, it's weird when you see one after the other. If it was one by itself, they're like, okay, sure. But it's weird, this whole episode. Yeah. I where, are, I where are the Guardians? Where yes. are they? Don't look too closely into the music industry, guys. It's, or it's not. It's not good. Don't. It's very yeah, crook. Well, actually, yeah. look. Actually, no. I, re- no. I re- take that back. Look into it. Look into Please, it, everyone. Someone. Please, someone, look into it. What's going on? Hey, here's a song by an ex-guest of the show. This is Regurgitator, <laughs> and this is song formerly known as. Another guy. Thank God for these two songs. Yeah. It's been absolute dog shit up to this. This is another one where, like, did they find this sound and go, let's build a song around that? Oh. So good. It's such a good song. It's great. It's amazing. Feels so layered, but then we listen. It's actually only a few elements. Yes. So thick, but it's just vocals, the drum, and this noise, and then the guitar comes in. Oh, and then the how that's like the chord for the piano. That noise. It's good. So we can play. I would play the whole thing. So yes, it is a brilliant song. And look, I, I'm biased. Like I'm a big regurgitator fan. Even more so after meeting Quan and having him on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it is such a good song that when they advertise now, I from having Quan on to now, I went and saw Regurgitator play Unit in its entirety. Great at the Forum. Uh, thank you, Quan, for giving me the tickets. And they advertise it as we're going to play Unit from start to finish. They didn't. They kept this song out. This is the third song off Unit. They didn't play it third. They played it second last. Because ah. they're like, oh, this is a banger. We need to finish strong. Yeah. But I'm like, if you're going to do that, just play it last. Like, yeah, yeah. we all know you missed it. We all know it's coming. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Save it up to the very end. Well, But it did <clears> go great. I have a story. This, uh, my wife lost her virginity with Regurgitator playing in the background. It was... <laughs> 
she, the whole album unit was playing in the background. Um, there's some there's some weird songs on that one to be. And also, I mean, she's never experienced anything like that since the whole album. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> um, no, but I think she. Yeah, so she she that so now it's a, it's a real trigger for me every time I hear a regurgitator. Think of my I'm wife. Sorry. No, no, it's not. I'm joking. <laughs> but this song, this song, no, this is playing. This is playing at my house because I will play this song. Like, this yeah. is such a good song. There's so many regurgitator songs I love. This is one of my favorite ones. You know, and then but then if like if I want to play something early, like Kung Fu Sing or always something, I'll play because it, it just hits yeah. so hard. There's so many like really. I just love the way they did so many different things. They went from really hard rock stuff and then this which was just way more electronic you know but they also did like hip-hop stuff as well they had songs that they yeah. at the gig i forgot that they had a song where kwan would actually just rap in it yeah very you know when like what was it was it ice tea and what was the band he, he performed with the, not not anthrax but he did it i can't remember listen you'll let me know uh but like kind of melding that kind of hip-hop and rock world Mm, like, having, mm. like, yeah, Quan and Rigurte were doing that as well. Anyway, so when I had Quan on, I, I said that this song should have been, like, should have been higher in the Hottest 100 of that year. Mm-hmm. In, in 98, it finished number seven, and I said it should be either one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, someone pointed out to me that Double J actually did a retroactive countdown in 2019, and it did get number two. Great. It still lost a pretty fly for a white guy. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm going to say that was a... like People like going, no, this is funny that it won. I'm going to vote for it again because it would be funny if it won again. And it was such a song of its time. Like, that that was the 90s. It's like, that song is yeah. like, yeah, those sort of dudes and that whole sort of thing was like, yeah, that was the 90s, man. But yeah. this is the song so, of my heart that should win. Like, Well, this song, it also... It lost the... Not lost. It was nominated for... Our, uh, the RA for single of the year, it lost to Powderfingers The Day You Come. Oh, uh, yeah. Fair enough. That's a good song. But I also, I look, what I like about this song, it's a dance song about how much they don't like going out dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's great. It's awesome. It's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to close with another dance song. Before Gorillas, Xavier, <laughs> there was LCD. And not the sound system. No, 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 no. No. No, this is... The work of a man called David Kelly, and not David E. Kelly from Unlimited Bill. No, no. This is LCD with Zorba's Dance. Noppa, here we go. (laughs) Did you start this halfway through? Or is that how it starts? No, this is how it starts. They're in. They're not messing around. (laughs) That noise, that... (laughs) That's not a song, it's not a sound for music. Thank you, Michaelinis. Do you think this might be the reason I asked you on this episode? <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I was like, I know why Josh has done it. It was you or Alexi. <laughs> One of us had to listen to it. Well, let me just say, you, you know where this song's being played right now? <laughs> Where's it being played? It's being played as my wake-up alarm. Every single morning I play this song and I play it throughout the day because I'm Greek and I also love to take pingers. I am all day with this song, all night and all day. It is a banger. It is such a, like, you can't, you can't not enjoy it. It is so good. So the reason I said before Gorillaz, listeners, is because this was the world's first computer-generated band. Ah. So there was, 
Because they're LCD. 3D animated, CGI animated things. Yes. Yeah. So, LCD stands for Large Cool Dudes. Fuck and me. so the video was for large men called Zed, Ed, Ned, and Ted. And that was the band. <laughs> and they were... Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my so, God. It was a club hit, apparently, in the UK. Got into Top 40 twice uh, within 18 months of its original release. It got to 13 in Australia. Yeah, we loved Number it. Number 13. I remember it in Australia. I remember it coming out. People loved it. Well, it was like... Well, yeah. Well, that's the highest... Got. And on Wikipedia, it says it got to 13 in Australia because Australia's large Greek population. Mm. If that's the case, how come it didn't do well in Greece? Well... You know, I think they like the original in Greece. Well, in Australia, we want a, something and you can play in the car and you can fucking get into. It's, you know, it's Greek Australia, you know. They love this fucking shit, man. Get some All bass right. going. Get some music going, you know. Get into it. Get get on the dance floor, dude. I have nothing else to say about this. This is the only time LCD will be on the show, unless they have their follow-up single, which oh. is called Follow the Leader, Brackets Leader. Don't underestimate LCD. There is more to come. I think they're going to get back together and release more songs. Yeah, do not Large underestimate. Large cool dudes. Large cool dudes. Zed and Ed and <laughs> all of them. Ned. Ned and Ted. and Ted. All right, that is the end of this show, Xavier. Before we go, though, we go through them and you tell me if it's a hit or it's not a hit. Okay. To see if it's actually a hundred percent. So, Rain Cloud by Lighthouse Family. Not a hit. No. Each time E seventeen. Not a hit. No way a hit. No way. What a feeling by Marsha Hines. It, it, it used to be a hit, and then she turned it into not a hit. She destroyed a hit. <laughs> Funky Love, Kavana. Or no, no, not Kavana. Not a hit. No way. Girlfriend, Billy Piper. Yeah, okay, just. Just a hit. I will okay. just say it's a hit. I Could Be The One by Donna Lewis. No, I know you like it, but it's not a hit. <laughs> it's not. Anything You Want, Ultimate Chaos. <laughs> Definitely not a hit. I'm sorry, Ultimate Chaos. That was not a hit. Go study. Addicted to Bass by Josh Abrahams and Amiel Damien. Such a hit. The biggest hit of all time. <laughs> the song formerly known as by Regurgitator. So a hit. I just realised that was a Prince reference then. I completely didn't even realise that at the time. Zorba's Dance by LCD. The biggest hit of the whole album. Alright, Josh? <laughs> yes. You didn't even understand. Such a fucking hit. Zorba's Dance. I'm listening it tomorrow morning as I wake up. My whole family hears it. They fucking hate it. I'm like, sucked in. <laughs> you got to listen to this shit. I love it. Oh, uh, Xavier, thank you for doing this. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Josh. That's four out of ten hits, guys. Hey, Xavier, you've, uh, you've been very busy since last time you were on. You've, you've gone viral. Yeah, I had some viral hits out of nowhere. I just re-released some old videos, and they went crazy. And then I started releasing more of that same video in new forms. So if you want to see my face on Bunnings videos, and now more recently, the Real Life Insurance videos, um, which is, a, yeah, come check it out on Instagram and TikTok. It's very funny. I, I've obviously been looking at them a lot because Instagram, it's always in my feed now. Every yeah. time I go in, do you know how they kind of go, oh, you love this, you want to stay you, on the <laughs> You watched it for a bit too long now, you love it. And you want to say, hey, know your friend Xavier, you want to watch his videos constantly. It's like, oh, not always. Like, it's fun, but calm down, no, Instagram. You know what? Honestly, Xavier, I do stop what I'm doing and I have a look. Oh, I watch thank it you, all. mate. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Hey, uh, listeners, thank you for downloading this episode. If you want to hear more, go and be a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. We just did an episode with Geraldine Quinn. We're looking at all the hit machines. Two a week until we catch up in year. So we're at 99 there. We're at 99 here, 97 there now. So over the next, like, 
three or four weeks, there'll be two episodes a week coming out. So that's lots of fun. Uh, that's all I've got to say. All right. Thanks, Xavier. <laughs> thanks, we'll see you next Josh. time. See you next time. Thanks, Bye. Mate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.